Uh, that's going to run down the rest of the Lightning power play. They do not score. Here comes Ovechkin. That's going to shot. He scores! Alan Sovechkin! Back to five on five! Beats Vasilevsky low! It's one! Nothing! Washington! Well, a giveaway, a mistake in their blue line. Tampa Bay, Ovechkin picks that puck up, and almost like the sea just parts for him. It opens right up. Give him that much time, he makes him pay for it. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals get a point, but fall to the Bolts. Colorado in tomorrow night. Avalanche radio voice Connor McGahee will join us. And Ben chats with Hockey Hall of Famer Marcel Dion. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, October 18th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. We've got a jam-packed show for you for the Monday commute. Coming up in a little while, we'll get a scouting report on tomorrow's opponent at Capital One Arena. Connor McGahee, the radio play-by-play voice of the Colorado Avalanche, will stop by. Ben also sat down over the weekend with Hockey Hall of Famer Marcel Dion, who is now sixth on the NHL's all-time goal-scoring list after Alex Ovechkin passed him last week. But first, a few thoughts on Saturday's game against the Lightning at Capital One Arena, a 2-1 overtime loss to Tampa Bay. Alex Ovechkin potted his third goal of the season on Saturday night, the 733rd of his career, but it would be the only red light of the night for the home team in a 2-1 OT loss. The Caps get a point in the game. They have earned three out of a possible four to start the season, but the story in this one was the failure to pick up a power play goal. The Bolts kept going to the box, even in overtime, but the Caps could not convert. Even so, three points against a divisional opponent and the two-time defending champs. That, in my book, still ranks. It's a pretty good start to the new year. Switching gears to talk goaltending. Really like what we've seen out of Vitek Vanacek in two starts. He gave the Caps a chance to win on Saturday. There's no shame in giving up a game-winning overtime goal to Steven Stamkos either. Kind of wondering this morning as the Caps get back to practice in Arlington, is he going to get a third straight start with Colorado in town tomorrow? He didn't win a game on Saturday, and you probably don't want Ilya Samsonov sitting around for too long, but the way Vitek has started, maybe he gets a chance to face the Avalanche too. There's a lot to like from the top line in the first two games. Alex Ovechkin and Evgeny Kuznetsov especially. Fourth line created a lot of chances against the Lightning on Saturday night. And Hendricks LaPierre and TJ Oshie came through in the opener against the Rangers. But the second line has had a struggle finding footing so far. No points at 5-on-5 five five in two games. The only point from the trio came from Anthony Mantha and that on the power play Wednesday with the Rangers. No points from Lars Eller, no points from Daniel Sprong, and not a lot of shot attempts in the first two games either. That's an area that's got to improve against Colorado tomorrow night. With that in the rearview mirror, we say good Monday morning to Ben. What a good get for the show today. Hockey Hall of Famer Marcel Dion. He's officially been bumped to sixth place on the NHL all-time goal scored list, and he's perfectly good with that. Goal number 732 for Ovechkin. He passes Marcel Dion on opening night. Pretty exciting to hear that. (laughs) I know, all these years later, right? It's part of the legacy. You score so many goals 30 years plus after you last played. You're hearing your name dropped in highlights on opening night. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good, Ben. It's, uh, you know... uh, 
athletes, uh, we play for the love of the sports, I, I guess. And now it's uh, love of the sport and lots of money. But uh, you're right. Uh, these things happen. Uh, just like I'm watching Tom Brady, it's one record after another. So Alex Ovechkin right now, he's in that position that might pass three guys, another two, three, well, Brett Hall and uh, Jagger uh, and Gordy is a little bit later. But uh, he's done it in such a fast fashion that it's incredible. And I'm glad to have lived to see this because uh, only very few get up to that level. And, but he's a unique guy. He's just, uh, he has his own style, his own way. And I know the good thing is he still can contribute, which is good. When you've watched him from afar over the course of his 16, 17-year career, what most impresses you? What do you think has allowed him to join the top five on the all-time goal-scoring list? Well, every time uh, they came to Buffalo, I had a chance uh, to go and watch the games, and uh, I would only focus on him. And uh, when I meet up for a goal scorer, sometimes, it's not all the times, he would float out there and say, what is he doing? Nothing is happening. What is? And then uh, suddenly, bang, bang, two goals. <laughs> <laughs> he's got speed. He's got strength. He's got an incredible, incredible, ac- accurate shot. And he knows if you if you break down all the goals, some have been just on his back and away from here, off the face off. These, these goals are not easy. So tremendous power. You referenced the, the highlight-type goals he scored, but you also said sometimes it can look like he floats, and I understand what you're talking about, and it reminds me that they're far from the same player, but Gretzky floated. Gretzky would float, he, and teams would lose yeah. him somehow. Yeah. And it's amazing how the great yeah. ones, they just they could anticipate, right? They could anticipate, they could see maybe a few seconds ahead where the puck's going to be, and then they get that jump, that burst. It, it's It's... So right. For certain people, fans out there, sometimes focus on those guys. And you got to learn a lot of things that you didn't think existed because it's it's so many things. It's You covered 200 feet of the ice. People along the boards or the glass, the lower, they don't see that. you got to see the develop. And you see it coming in, and then you see somebody have a different game. Uh, now he's uh, really coming hard, back-checking. Uh, more physical because the guys they go after him and but so it just comes naturally and uh, the number one question it's not about Brett Hall and Jagger and Gordie Howe right now it's can he do it with Wayne Gretzky and I I just said I said listen the doubters are gonna they'll be surprised uh, if he pops up and I I did my calculation myself I said he's there it's only only injuries. But you got to remember, wingers, it's, it's tough to do it on your own, but he, he's got a tremendous shot. It doesn't matter. Well, once you have a center like Baxham, it's been the last few years, he can feed you. That's his job. And he just feeds you a feed, and he's a pretty good player, and that helps a lot. That helps a lot. Well, it's amazing. When you, when you talk about the goal scoring, though, and you mentioned McDavid, you've got Austin Matthews in his early 20s. David Pasternak in Boston is in his early 20s. And then Ovechkin is in his mid-30s. Like Ove- that, That's yep. the company that Ovechkin, I understand you're talking about the, the bigger, the larger body of work, the career status. But if you just look year by year, the past couple of seasons, 
that's who Ovechkin, when they play for the Rocket Richard Trophy, the goal-scoring title, Ovechkin's competing with guys 12 years, 13, 14 years younger than him. Yeah, but it's uh, that's a freak, <laughs> I call it, the generic, you know, freak generic that, yeah. that, that people don't understand, don't know. And that's what he's got between his two ears. It's a mental approach to the game. You watch when every time he scores a goal, he has passion. I had that. It didn't matter what goal, how easy that goal was. He said, yeah, that's another one, right? Because it's, he's made for that. I watch him sometimes. He, he grabs all those four guys around him, and he wants to hug them and kiss them. <laughs> and then the scary part, he has a good start. When you score like that the first game, you go, boom. He says, okay, I'm on a roll right now. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll end it on this note. 894. He's got a ways to go still to get to Wayne Gretzky. What will it take? Well, how, how much of a vested interest do you have in watching this unfold over the next few years? Well, okay, here's what. I think, thank God, the NHL and all the players have survived COVID with that season, that hockey season. It's incredible how difficult this was time for not only for themselves, for their families. People forget those guys have young kids. And now you, you, you're here and there, you can't do. That was really tough mentally. Now that you survive that, the guys are coming out, out of the gate and it says, hey, now we've got fans are back, the excitement. So that's why it's there. Because they had a taste to see how bad it can get. And that's when money doesn't play a role in that. It's all irrelevant. It's performance. You, it's, you, it's like a horse. I'll finish with this, Then It's like a horse in that stall waiting for the Kentucky Derby. Guess what? He's been waiting for that chance, right? Yeah. When that horse comes out of that stall, he wants to win. Well, sometimes it doesn't happen, but it's natural, and that's what uh, Ovi's got. And not too many people, and that's when you get up at that, that level, do it because, ah, uh, who cares? I passed a lot of guys, it's fine. You know what? He wants to do it. God bless him. All right. Great stuff there from Ben and Hockey Hall of Famer Marcel Dion. So after looking back at the exploits of Alex Ovechkin last week, we switch gears now and look to tomorrow night where the Capitals go from facing the two-time defending champs to a legit Stanley Cup contender to wrap up the homestand. And the only visit, by the way, to Capital One Arena this season by the Colorado Avalanche. Joining us here on Caps This Morning to get you your Av scouting report, the radio play-by-play voice, Connor McGahee. Connor, my friend, thanks for waking up this morning here on Caps This Morning with us. Oh, John, I would do anything for you, especially because it's been, what, three and a half billion years since we've spoken last? <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the earth was still cooling the last time these teams got together. Oh, goodness me. So, Connor, the Avalanche come to town with a one-and-one record, fall into the Blues on Saturday night at home, and it sounds like the Capitals not going to get a fully operational roster tomorrow night from the Avalanche. It's been an interesting start between injuries, suspensions, COVID protocols, top six forwards have taken a big hit. Jared Bednar not having a whole lot of fun at this point. What are we looking at with this roster come to town tomorrow night? Well, isn't that a great question? Because for whatever reason, John, in the past 
even two years, if you go back to the bubble in Edmonton, I, I would say even the playoffs the year before, the Avalanche have not been able to really put their full roster together. You haven't been able to put all the pieces of the puzzle together, and that's frustrating because you look at those pieces. Individually, you have some pure superstars and some good auxiliary pieces, and it just hasn't been able to fit together for whatever reason. I mean, you had Jared Bednar, who had to miss the last two preseason games and the home opener because of COVID protocol. Nathan McKinnon was in that same boat. Jack Johnson, who made the team out of camp on a PTO, he missed it because of COVID protocol. You have Landis Gog with a two-game suspension after a hit on Kirby Dock on opening night. You have Devon Taves out to start the season. He had shoulder surgery in the offseason just after the playoffs concluded. And the list goes on and on. And then when you make call-ups, and you basically had to do an inter-organizational trade. You had to send Alex Newhook down to the A to bring up just bodies. You had to bring up Dylan Sakura, Stefan Matteau, and Jason Megna. Matteau gets hurt in the first period versus the Blues on Saturday night. He goes out. So the Avalanche, they start that game with 11 forwards. They finish that game with 10. And Nathan McKinnon's status, it was a possibility he could have played. He did not play. So you're basically down to two of your top six forwards, really, maybe three or four. But for whatever reason, the Avalanche continue to be extremely unlucky. There will be no Gabe Landeskog. This will be game number two of his suspension. So the only question mark will be, will Nathan McKinnon be back in the lineup? Health is obviously an issue, but when healthy, I look at this Avalanche roster and the team it reminds me of is the Washington Capitals, 2015, 16, 17, no real holes. A lot of offense, a team that's in that prime Stanley Cup playoff window, but needing to find a way to break through in the playoffs. Is there a comparison between what the Caps did, who finally break through in 2018, and the Avalanche, who changing goal, but, you know, that young, speedy core. I love the wheels on the back end of this team, maybe as much as any team in the NHL, just dynamic offensively, a team you don't want to take penalties against. I feel like there's some similarities here. I think you're absolutely right, and I actually hope you're right because I, I I remember when Washington finally pushed past Pittsburgh, say that 10 times fast, and they make it to the Stanley Cup final and win over Vegas in 2018, and you almost feel like the Avalanche are on that precipice. They run into a tough situation. They wanted to sign Philip Grubauer. He takes more money and term from Seattle, something that Colorado was not able to do. But you go out and trade for Darcy Kemper, a trade that needed to happen in a lot of people's eyes, an upgrade in between the pipes for the avalanche. But I think you mentioned one of the keys, and that's a speedy, skilled, smart, and now more physical defensive core for the Colorado Avalanche. You get Eric Johnson back, who only played in four games last year. He got a concussion in Minnesota in game number five, and that was it. So he's back. He's made a big difference. Kale McCarr, obviously, was a Calder Trophy finalist. And you get another addition, another player who who started out, really, and then injured on a hit from Keegan Colasar, a hit that went unpunished by the National Hockey League, Bowen Byram. And he scores his first NHL goal on opening night versus Chicago. And he really has every facet of a defenseman in the National Hockey League. He's got the skill. He's got the speed. But he also has the physical presence that Kale McCarr started to show last year as well. Nobody talks about how well Kale McCarr can hit somebody, how how well he can take a guy off the puck and defend. They always want to talk about his offense, but with him and Bowen Byram, defensively, they are actually better than people give them credit for. 
And it's starting to get very crowded on the back end. A guy like Sam Gerrard almost gets lost in the mix because even in down in the pipeline, you have Justin Barron, who the Avalanche selected last year, 25th overall, to a lot of people. And he showed this in camp. He's more of a top 10 overall pick. So now that's three defensemen in the past four years that the Avalanche have selected really in the top four and, and 10, if you consider Justin Barron selected in that position. So the blue line is going to be a key. The question was where the goal is going to come from because it starts to thin out in the bottom six forwards, John. But it's been the Avs defense that has led the offense really in the first couple of games of the season. I expect that to continue. We talk about Kale McCarr on our show on Saturday night, and Caps fans here really haven't had a chance to see him a whole lot. Uh, he's a show in and of himself. Looking forward to seeing how uh, he puts his season together here for Colorado. You mentioned the bottom six, and despite a division title and the run of the second round again last year for the Avs, it was a pretty tough year for Nazem Kadri. Just a one goal in the last, what, 26 games, 26 minus games, seven yeah. for the season. Then he ends up with a suspension in the first round. So as seasons go for Nazem Kadri, it was a tough year. The Avs need him to rebound because that's where you can start to see that bottom six start to take shape. And Kadri, who was pretty good in that role in Toronto and a bit of a nemesis against the Caps when he was with the Leafs and that big hit he had on Ovechkin in the playoffs in 2017, when he plays the right way and he plays on that edge, he does it effectively. He is a guy you need, but he's got to be better for the Avs. Yeah, and he he knows that this is a contract year for him, and so his future depends on how he plays, how well he plays, and how well-behaved he plays this season, I think, for Colorado. Leads all skaters in points through two games. He's got four points, uh, a goal and three assists as Nazem Kadri. Probably the best guy in the face-off dot for Colorado. But you could just tell that something was off. The confidence wasn't there because the only goal that he scored was kind of a no-angle shot versus the Sharks. It, it goes in, but it, he didn't score a goal from beyond the faceoff or beyond the crease, for that matter, uh, for 26 straight. And when you're a second-line center, obviously that's not going to cut it. He knows that. The coaching staff knows that. And so I expect him to have a very important role as a second-line center for this team this year because not only for him individually, but I think his relationship with his teammates around him, they know that he is a key cog in this wheel for Colorado. And on his wing, he's developed great chemistry with a former cap and Andre Burakovsky, who for me, and you may remember this, John, has probably one of the best releases, if not the best release on a shot in the National Hockey League who's really taken off. So Burakovsky is poised for maybe a 30-goal season. You hope that Nazem Kadri is in place. And we know what the top line can do between McKinnon, Landeskog, and Rantanen. But Saturday night versus the Blues is a perfect example. Okay, if those guys aren't going to be there for whatever reason, and Colorado keeps finding reasons or ways to not have players in a full lineup, then you have to have somebody else show up. And I would hope that that's not some cadre in a big way, Burakovsky. There was a late push for a comeback. Tyson Jost would have had the game-tying goal on Saturday. It was called back, ruled to be a kick-in. JT Comfer had one to, to get the, the avalanche within one of the Blues. But that is the question mark for the Colorado Avalanche. But I, I think you're absolutely right. It starts with Nazem Kadri at second-line center for Colorado. How excited are you to be back and traveling east again? It's been a long time since broadcasters <laughs> have been traveling. Well, I mean, talking to you this morning, it's like, ah, oh, yes, it's the familiar dulcet tones of John Walton. But yeah, it's nice to not be able to see the Minnesota Wild, the St. Louis Blues, the Vegas Golden Knights. 
yes, the, the change up is going to be lovely. And going back to some great cities, it'll be good to be in D.C. again coming up tomorrow and, and good to see you again. It's going to be fun. The Avalanche is going to be the first Western Conference team in about 20 months to be at Capital One <laughs> Arena. We can't wait, Connor. Thanks for joining us this morning. My pleasure, John. Thank you. There you have it, your scouting reports on tomorrow night's opponents from Connor McGahey, the radio voice of the Colorado Avalanche. It's the Caps and Avs at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. It is a national TV game tomorrow, but listen up. This is going to be a very different way to watch than you're used to. The game is going to be on ESPN Plus and Hulu, which means it's streamed. It's not on cable. So to watch the game, you're going to have to have Hulu and then get the ESPN Plus add-on. Of course, if you can't watch the game for whatever reason, if you don't have the app, you don't have the stream, whatever, we got you covered. Radio coverage going to start here on Caps Radio 24-7 at 4 o'clock with Caps Game Day. And Ben, our game coverage not only here, but of course on 106.7 The Fan here in D.C. Have a great Monday, everybody. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.